1: Today on the show, I've invited Matt Inglis of Creditor Insurance Watchdogs, which is a division of mobile advisors. Matt specializes in basically educating people and providing tools for people to get better rates and better coverage on their various forms of creditor insurance. I brought him on the show to explain the concept of creditor insurance, where the flaws and gaps are in the current normal creditor insurance people get on daily basis is, and how to do something better and actually protect yourself with
2: a high degree of certainty. And with that, here's my interview with Matt. Matt, thanks for taking time today. Pleasure uh, being given the opportunity to to come on here and chat with you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So Matt Anglis, tell us a little bit about what it is you do. To keep a long story short, uh, I've been an advisor, life and health insurance industry for, all oh, going on 14 years now. So as you know, um, over the last few years, we've started to dabble into, or I've started to dabble into uh, developing and building insure tech. But I think it's really important for, for everybody to know that does follow me out there that We are, or I am, an advisor first. So, but yeah, life and health insurance advisor that's been in the industry for a long period of time that just has bones to pick with specific industries. And I find the best way to express myself is through insure tech and technology. So let's talk about creditor insurance. What is it in a nutshell? Creditor insurance in a nutshell is a product that's offered by financial institutions to make sure that your loans are taken care of and paid off in the event of uh, a death, And uh, and it's typically sold through all types of different financial lenders and institutions within Canada, from your credit unions to automotive dealerships, to equipment dealerships, to banks, to agricultural lenders. So it's quite a product and it's pretty prevalent within the Canadian life and health insurance marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's bought a house in the
1: last like 15, 20 years has been asked during the mortgage closing procedure if they want to get insurance. Like this is very commonly sold through banks. It's the most common form. In addition, of course, we've all seen we've all gotten the calls for credit protection insurance or credit insurance on our credit cards. But for business owners, we've anyone who's got a sizable enough loan, banks will sometimes require and at least very at the very least offer you coverage that protects them. And let's be clear, this protects them. This is not a check um, from these policies that basically goes to your estate and then your estate pays the liabilities, this is a check that goes, when you buy these policies, typically to the insurance, sorry, to the bank or lending institution, correct?
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair so
1: I and many others in the industry have long beaten up on uh, on mortgage insurance. Let's start with mortgage insurance, and then we'll talk about other forms afterwards. So what forms
2: of insurance are typically offered when you go and apply for a mortgage? So depending on what financial institution or mortgage broker or mortgage organization you're borrowing from, you will run into products like creditor life, creditor critical illness, and creditor disability insurance. Now they're not offered on all of the mortgages. No, it's not, it's not a blanket across every financial institution. It's up to the financial institution and the creditor insurance provider to determine what products they want to offer their clients, but majority of them are critical, critical illness, life and disability
1: okay so all you know you, you basically borrow all this money you think to yourself I don't want to leave my family behind with a giant mortgage should I pass away get ill or get disabled so in in principle the concept is sound it's in execution with these things where it completely falls apart in my opinion and let's let's talk about that so let's talk about a couple of things. First off, we're just going to start with the generalities of pricing. How does the pricing offered through these institutions compare to say going on the open market and looking to buy
2: something yourself? I don't know that's a very general question, but in general to your experience, how does it look? So Let's talk about life quickly, then we'll talk about CI, then we'll talk about DI. Okay, For life insurance, comparing an apple to an apple, let's talk a woman who goes and purchases credit or life insurance to protect a mortgage versus term insurance policy she's going to be paying roughly two to 300% more for creditor insurance than she is to go and purchase her own term insurance policy. Okay. So what most Canadians don't know as well is for the pricing out of the window right now, when now this isn't every institution in Canada, this is just the banks. I can stress that this is all of the banks. This isn't the brokers because I'm very familiar with Manulife's MPP product. And I know Manulife does offer um, mm-hmm. Smoke smoker non smoker rates on their Fair product. Enough, but let's just talk. to go to the average bank. You know, on on you know right. luck of the draw. odds
1: are you're going to end up with the following.
2: Okay. So I think what's really important to note is not so much the you know, exact pricing, but most Canadians don't know that when they're purchasing credit or insurance products that these rates are blended. This means that uh, male and female blended smoker non smoker blended. What this translates into is that a non-smoking female is paying the same to insure her mortgage as a as a male who smokes a pack a day. So the fairness there. So that's exactly there. Right? <laughs> like not as, okay. That's, so that's creditor life. Creditor critical illness insurance. Credit creditor critical illness insurance. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a three illness product, and the 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 the, the, the cost bands are increasing, like, you know, every two or three years based on your age, right? So it, it is what it is. It's a three illness product. Uh, going into disability insurance, creditor disability insurance, creditor disability insurance, again, is, is blended. So male, female, smoker, non-smoker, it's blended. But what's even worse is that all of the all classes are blended as well. So occupation classes being
1: different occupations have different levels of risk for becoming disabled. Yeah. So instead of, instead of parsing those out and saying, you know, you're behind a desk in a bubble wrapped room yep. <laughs> versus you're, you know, climbing a high wire on a job site you know very different i mean those are two very extreme basically joke examples but you get my this is where just an example where i'm coming from on this
2: no it's bang, it's bang on like a female accountant that sits in an office all day is going to be paying the same to protect her mortgage payment from disability as a guy that is swinging a pipe wrench with a smoke in his mouth standing on a, on the rig floor as a roughneck and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a roughneck but the reality is that there's a big risk difference between a roughneck and an accountant so, bottom
1: line is pricing can actually benefit some at the detriment of others, essentially, and that's that's largely done for simplicity
2: of issuing of this stuff, right? One hundred percent. I believe that I believe that everything's issued at a like a a one A or a B when it comes to creditor creditor disability insurance, which is okay. in a low, lower totem pool. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, a lot of
1: you know safer white collar office jobs will typically be in the fours. So, it, so yeah. So overall. Bottom line is, you may end up worse off on pricing. You may end up better off depending on the situation. But let's talk about another key factor here, and that's the concept of ex post underwriting. So, to give someone an idea of what that means, when you go and apply for an insurance policy through a licensed insurance agent, you basically have to go through the underwriting process. Yes, that can mean medical questions. I don't know why people are always so terrified of those things. And it can mean medical tests. But what that does mean is that the insurance company, the time that you are applying, confirms that, yes, you qualify for this form of insurance and therefore we're issuing it to you. In fact, there's even a two year clause that says that if you, you know, as long as you didn't make any fraudulent statements, that basically after two years, they're not going to contest the entire thing. So from a standpoint, like there's a guarantee there is that you keep paying for this thing and we will pay you when when the event happens. How does that
2: contrast with how underwriting happens in the creditor market? I don't want to talk about underwriting because underwriting is underwriting. And if you get it right, you get it right. And if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. It's black and white from an underwriting perspective. It's a black and white answer. The issue is, is that you have people that that know absolutely nothing about life insurance going through questionnaires with you. People that know absolutely nothing about this industry quickly shuffling you through three or four questions at the end of probably a one or two hour business loan appointment or farm loan appointment or mortgage appointment. appointment. These aren't people that specialize in this stuff. This would be like sitting, it's no different than sitting down with me, your life insurance advisor, and at the end of me, putting your life insurance policy in place, pushing a bunch of business loans in front of you saying, hey, guess what? I'm your business lender now. Think about that, like reverse that role. Logically, does that make any sense whatsoever? So underwriting J is it's black and white. If you get it right, it's good. But it's not about, it's not about whether or not to get it right. It's <laughs> about the professionals that help them get it right now and, and the seriousness of, of the simplified questions that these people are answered. Well, that's the problem because right. it's They're
1: down not- to like four questions, which are omnibus, right? Like that's yeah. there's right. So I'll give you perfect examples. I, I remember one time way back, I had a client who uh, the previous firm who uh, came in. He's like, well, you guys couldn't get me life insurance last month, but I got it from the bank for my mortgage. And I'm like, you had a heart attack four months ago. You don't have life insurance. Go back and get it. He's like, what do you mean? They gave me the insurance. I said, did you answer any medical questions? They're like, no. Well, again, the unlicensed person with no repercussions basically checked a couple boxes and made a sale. And at the end of the day, he went back, asked the right questions, and got refunded the money after he's demanded the money back because essentially he was sold something that he actually technically didn't qualify for. And the worst part is is that the onus on this in ex-post underwriting is the insurance company doesn't check until after the event happens. So they would have later on when he passed away, gone and checked to see if he had ever had, if if he answered this correctly by looking at medical records, and they would have been like, oh, That box was hitting correctly. Guess what? No payout, here's a refund of your premiums. And the problem is, is that that because they're not taking the time to look at this in advance, there is no assurance that you got you got it right. Like if you're clean, healthy, you've never had a problem, you're gonna check those boxes again, no problem whatsoever. But these are very loosely open to interpretation. And CDC did a piece called In Denial that basically showed just how loose to open to interpretation some of these things are. And it's a bit frightening. So to me, I don't know about everybody else, but if I have insurance, I want the assurance that it will pay. And I think that there's a real problem in this part of the industry. So that's the underwriting piece. Let's talk about the quality of these policies. Okay. So any issues
2: talking about issues with the life insurance coverage on mortgages. So to discuss some of the, the strengths and weaknesses to a, the contractual strengths and weaknesses. So I mean, 99% of the consumers out there are going to make a switch based on saving money, not contractual obligations of the insurance contract. But we want to talk contractual obligations. We've got the fact that it's a declining balance. We know that, right? So you now it's one thing to say, oh, you know what, as, as my debt decreases, my life insurance needs decrease. But I guarantee you that you'll never run into somebody that's terminally ill that looks at you and says, I love the fact that my life insurance is decreasing on an annual basis while I'm dying, right? So oh, you know, some of the other things, the portability, some mortgage creditor products are portable, most aren't. So you switch your mortgage and upon time of application for your creditor insurance on your first mortgage, you were insurable, but you aren't um, moving forward as you switch mortgage carriers. That could pose a big problem as well as convertibility. There comes a point in time in everyone's life where it's no longer about renting insurance and protecting debt. It's about it's about buying insurance and protecting estate and legacy and inheritance and tax. You know, convertibility option is, is absolutely massive right I'm sure every person every advisor out there has run into a client that's no longer insurable that has a term product that they need to to convert right think about think, think about how how invaluable that is in any other situation that client would never have have the ability to have a standard issue permanent life insurance contract so again the big things other than beating up the price are are those portability declining balance and conversion yeah. options.
1: So, bottom line is, I'm paying less, and if I decide to move my move financial institutions because I am getting a better deal, well, I'm back to square one, and my health better be in good shape.
2: So another let's... another one that's really scary yeah. and sneaky too that I want to mention too is expiration date or the hmm. period of time you have to make a claim, which is actually quite terrifying. I'd mentioned this a while back, but Cumis Insurance. I've read through one of their certificates where you literally have 90 days from date of diagnosis of critical illness to make a claim on your critical illness Cred- credit or oh, insurance certificate without it without it being um without it potentially being disputable and uh and deniable so wait, a, wait a I a second. can't read me up this let me get this
1: right there's actually a clause on one of these things and this is on the critical illness side which we'll get the critical illness is- issues yep. in a second but you're telling me that if I get diagnosed with a critical illness, and I'm focused on just dealing with that. And I haven't thought to contact the mortgage insurance company to basically make my claim
2: and I am at 100 days. You're telling me that they will cause a problem with that? There absolutely is a oh clause within a QMIS, creditor insurance certificate, that states that if you have not made your critical illness claim, given the specific number of days from the date of your critical illness, which is not very long at all, don't quote me. I can, show, I can send it to you later, but it's between 90 and 120 days. They'll, they could literally says it right there contractually <laughs> decline. So you're in the hospital recovering from a bad stroke or a, or, or heart attack. Yeah. And you're, you're focused you're, you're, on recovery. Yeah, like if you have a stroke that impairs yeah. your ability to even remember you have the insurance. Yeah. You spend too much time in the hospital or get out of rehabilitation too late. Your critical illness insurance on your CUMIS mortgage or CUMIS, uh small loan you might not pay your loan off. Oh, that is vulgar. You, 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 missed your, you missed your claim window. Wow, that I've never seen before. All right, let's talk about. We talked about life insurance.
1: Talk about critical illness. What are the other limitations to critical illness in the creditor insurance world?
2: Again, some of the things that, uh, that I've just disclosed. It's just that it's the loose underwriting. It's the lack of questions that are asked in order to to gain access to a product that may or may not cover you. So it's it's not about it's not about in the back end when they're underwriting it upon time of this or that because. At the end of the day, all underwriting companies do this everywhere. It's how loose this product is offered to people up front. And it's Mm -hmm. And it's sold by people that don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Where people go into mortgage brokers, banks to get financing. I mean, I just don't think that there is a person will likely go in and get a small business loan as a 20, 30, 30 year old, or go in and buy a mortgage or or, or go out and take money out to, to purchase their first piece of farm machinery. They will make these transactions in their life, probably prior to making their first serious life health critical illness, disability insurance purchase. That makes sense, right? So what's going on here on the grand scheme of things is that the first opportunity that a Canadian consumer has to learn anything about life, critical illness, or disability insurance is being taught to them by a banker who knows nothing about it. That's what we're programming people to think is that that is what a life, disability, and critical illness insurance interaction should walk, talk and be like, and it's wrong. It's wrong. That's not what traditional life and health insurance planning. is. That's the real big problem is that people will often go to their banker, mortgage broker, automotive dealership, whatever, and be offered life and health insurance products prior to a Canadian consumer actually understanding what the process is. That's the easiest way for me to explain one of the biggest dangers of all of this is that this is the standard that Canadian consumers set the bar at when it comes to purchasing life and health insurance products because they because they're supposed to trust people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but let's okay and fair and I can echo those those concerns. But let's get into the specifics of the contract, right? So the, the underwriting's loose. If I go buy a critical loans policy from an individual advisor, my normal insurance advisor, what are the differences
2: between that kind of contract and the typical mortgage insurance contract that you're seeing out there? So the first issue with creditor insurance contracts is that it does limit you to only being able to make a claim in the event that you're diagnosed with one of three critical illnesses where we know within the marketplace that there's uh, critical illness products that offer up to 32 illnesses. So that's the first thing. And well, let's let's expand on that for a second. Here's the thing about that.
1: This is not a, an immaterial point. Now, the big ones by far are the biggest one by far is cancer. It's like almost two thirds of claim. And then we have got heart attack and stroke and open heart surgery, which are the, which basically encompass about 90 some odd percent of claims. Some of them I've seen don't even cover open heart surgery. They only cover the the, the other two, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to, so you have a choice either So it's a perverse choice. Either wait for the heart attack or get the intervention in the first place, which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And then you have, like I said, 20, you said 20 somewhat other conditions potentially from based on data I've seen, like MS diagnoses are 1% of all claims, right? Like that is not an immaterial thing. So the reality is, is that if you can be covered for, I mean, you are covered for, if you're covered by three, that covers 80, that covers 90 ish percent of of all claims. You're covered by four, you're at 97 ish percent of all claims. I don't know about you but if the price is the same or better I would rather be covered for 27 or whatever the number is than that even if it is you know small probability.
2: Yeah, being covered for the big 3 isn't a bad thing. It's better, no, than, better nothing. than nothing. What a person needs to take into consideration is that on the traditional critical illness insurance side, carriers are constantly evolving their their definitions so that they're so that they're more and more and more more and more competitive and more and more attractive. No, when you talk, when we're talking about creditor critical illness insurance, when was the last time that that uh, any of these creditor insurance providers, creditor critical illness insurance providers, enhanced the definitions of any of their critical illnesses within their creditor insurance product? I don't know. I have no idea. So over here, where a heart attack may be claimable, may not be claimable over here. Potentially the same with cancer and stroke within the definitions of what is a stroke in a creditor critical illness insurance certificate. They don't have to compete over here. It's just a creditor insurance certificate. When you purchase creditor, when you purchase critical illness insurance in the open marketplace, in order for the carriers to compete with each other, they have to constantly be evolving and bettering their definitions of what a critical illness is and when they will pay. So that's critical illness. So let's talk about disability. Uh, how does disability differ
1: from a typical disability policy someone would get from an advisor, or heck, even their, even their
2: group insurance policy plan? Creditor disability insurance is not meant to be a disability insurance product that is inclusive. It has nothing to do with your income based on, it's based on a payment, which I like. I do like that, right? So if I wanted to go and buy a disability product to protect my disability or my mortgage payment, I could do so in addition to the disability benefits that I have that are protecting my income. Okay. So again, creditor disability is not inclusive the same with the product that we use to replace creditor disability insurance, which is a pretty much mirror imaged product of what banks use. However, the product that we use, it's traditionally underwritten. Uh, The client has the option between whether or not they would like their monthly mortgage payment payable for two year, five year, or to age 65. And then, if they do want it to age, or if they do want it payable for five years or to age sixty-five, then we can increase the definition of disability, right? So, again, there's a lot of product in the in the traditional marketplace that looks like the stuff that creditor insurance providers are offering. It's just fully underwritten, and uh, it comes with the ability to to select an occupation class and smoke. Okay, so so you, you have that but in in general also i mean to my
1: experience tell me if i'm wrong here typically what i see on mortgage insurance policies is a period of up, of coverage of up to 2 years yeah about right yep. yeah so and, and here's the stats on disability the probability I'm being disabled at some point in your life for a period of longer than 30 days is somewhere in the neighborhood of about one in four, three to one in four, depending on white or blue collar jobs. But the probability of going back to work after the disabilities lasted two years is damn near zero. So the reality is, is that that coverage drops out at the moment in which you know you're not going to be able to work, which is... <laughs> Sure. Okay, you can argue CPP disability kicks in, but man, I don't know about you, but I would much rather not have to worry about my mortgage once I know there's no chance of me working.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. My thoughts on that are: if the bank tried to increase the the payable period, it likely wouldn't fly with consumers. They'd say it costs too much. We're going to cancel it. You got to remember
1: that credit. Well, I mean, you know, this is, but this is the entire thing. It's a composition. You know, yeah. The the entire thing is packaged. As a, do you want fries with that? Look at this giant payment you just agreed to for your mortgage. Here's this tiny little thing to protect it, right? And yeah. it's made to, it's designed to be appealing to say yes. It's yeah. designed to be easy to say yes. It's not actually designed to educate the client as to what's best for them and
2: actually deliver true value to them. This circles back to, believe it or not, despite what we think, the Canadian consumer's uh, usual, typical first uh, life and health insurance interaction is with their lender or mortgage broker, right? So mm-hmm. what do they know? What do they know? They don't know anything. All they know is their credit or insurance. Part. They have no, They know absolutely nothing about traditional life and health insurance space because they're bankers and lenders, which doesn't make any sense at all. I and mean, that's what that's where this whole problem stems from anyway. Right. Absolutely. Unfortunately. So with that being the case,
1: let's move on from the traditional mortgage coverage. What other forms of coverage are, are the big
2: ones that business owners need to be aware of or typically pursued for? So we'll split them into primary, secondary, and junk, okay? So the primary creditor insurance products that people really need to pay attention to because they're really going to be taking a bath are mortgages. I'm not picking or trying to be rude when I I say when you get older, start paying attention, but when you get older, start paying attention because this Mm -hmm. is when creditor insurance costs per thousands really start ramping up and the price bands go from increasing every five years to every year. So your credit or insurance is jumping in price on you every year. So as you get older, start paying attention to this stuff. The rule of thumb, the more your debt, the older you are, the more you're going to be spending on creditor insurance products. So again, primary creditor insurance products that you want to be really pay attention to mortgage, big farm, big farm loans, big agricultural loans, big business loans, any big commercial loans. You really want to start paying attention to that stuff. That's our primary creditor insurance products. And when you get into your secondary creditor insurance products that you might want to start paying attention to, it's your personal loans, personal lines of credit, automotive loans. I mean, you can go and buy a truck for $120,000 for $120,000. You can literally go and buy a new Ford tomorrow that will cost you the same as a used Ferrari. So you get a you get a guy that's in his fifties and sixties insuring insuring that stuff with uh, with creditor insurance product. It's going to cost a lot of money. Same with equipment dealerships too. You know, guys walk in and spend a few million dollars on combines or or or, or heavy machinery or or whatever. It's in that stuff too. So again, you got to pay attention to that stuff. And then we get into the really, really junky products that you should just cancel and never look back on. And that's primarily credit cards. Yeah, those ones are terrible, honestly. Absolutely terrible. Criminal. But again, primary, secondary, and junk. Identify the primary. And then when when you've identified the primary product that you want to replace for your client, go start digging up the secondary stuff. Because the likelihood of them having primary or creditor insurance on a primary loan is going to... It's just going to be a spill off. They're going to, they're likely going to have it on everything. If they're a believer in insuring their million dollar farm loan or their million dollar mortgage, they're probably going to be believers in making sure that they insure every line of credit and loan that's that they run through their financial institution as well. So
1: let's talk about, let's give a real life example. Okay. like you've built these tools that basically help business owners and advisors better understand how much is this is costing them. So we did a quick example here of trying to replace all three forms of insurance for a 55-year-old male. Can you uh, let's let's talk about the results there? What you know, what is it likely that I'm paying at the bank versus what I'm paying if I was to go and talk to a licensed advisor and if I was to get properly underwritten? Right, and this is on you know the example we used here is comparing to the bank coverage. It was. So the biggest coverage you can get on you know, this type of product from a blue bank who will not be named, 750,000 of life, 300,000 of critical illness, and about 3,000 a month of
2: disability, which is the most they, they would give you. So let's see what this, uh, how does this compare? Yeah, so let's say we've identified one of our clients is a 55-year-old male non-smoker with a 4A AUK class. Because when we're comparing traditional disability to creditor disability insurance, we're actually using a product that takes AUK class into consideration, which means your disability insurance is priced on the risk of your occupation. But anyways, let's say for instance, that 55-year-old male with that $750,000 mortgage said that he plans on paying the mortgage off over the next 15 years.
1: So said bank would charge me, based on what you're telling me here, $4,680, so $4,680 a year for that $750,000 of insurance. Alternatively, what am I
2: looking at as an alternative? So, what we want to make sure we do is offer three term insurance rates because we want to make sure that we're helping whoever's using our tool align the length of the term with however, with whatever the length of the repayment period for their client is. So, in this situation, if this 55 year old male wanted to purchase a 750 thousand dollar term ten policy, we're looking at 2130 a year, a term fifteen policy for 750 k. 3352 a year, a term 20 policy, 3930 per year. So the options range from saving the client between $2,500 a year to about $700 a year. Yeah. But I mean, you know, assuming this is a, for example,
1: 10-year term loan or whatever it might be, you know, we're talking about more than double the cost, right? So not immaterial in any way, shape, or form. How about on the critical illness side, what we're looking at there?
2: So again, we go over to critical illness and important to remember that Creditor critical illness insurance, again, only covers three illnesses. And at age 55, it would be increasing in price every year. Mm-hmm. The, the cost per thousand age bands would be increasing every year. So in this situation, the 55-year-old would be paying $3,564 a year for his $300,000 worth of creditor critical illness, where his alternative option would be to purchase a critical illness insurance policy that covers him for four illnesses which is fixed price for the next 10 years, which would cost him 3540 So we're pretty much bang on there, but we can fix the cost of this critical illness insurance for the next 10 years versus it increasing on him on an annual basis.
1: Yeah. So overall about the same, but, and this is, sorry, is that a permanent insurance policy there on the critical illness?
2: The critical illness insurance policy is it's a it's a T10 for illness. So,
1: from 10. so back to the 10 year period, but so the bottom, bottom line is about the same cost for more robust coverage is what it comes down to. Plus again, let's remember the optionality of this. The policy on time of claim pays you, not the bank. Mm-hmm. You can determine how much or how little of that goes to paying off said loan based on the factors of your life. And again, the portability.
2: So let's go on to the last one: disability. How does that look different? So again, if the client, if the 55 year old male were to become disabled, now remember, even though the client's payment with a mortgage that big is probably going to be upwards of four to five thousand dollars. Remember, creditor critical illness insurance is limited, and on the specific certificate that we're talking about today the bank would only pay or pay a maximum of $3,000 disability benefit. So if we compare the cost of a $3,000 disability benefit, mm-hmm. creditor, creditor disability insurance benefit versus him buying his own, his creditor disability insurance benefit would be costing him $1,562 per year. That's likely a 60-day elimination period. If he went and bought his own non-inclusive disability insurance payment protector for 3000 with a 60-day elimination period, A 4A OT class, his payments $1,212 per year. So he saved about $350 there or without charging the client anymore. And we could take him from his creditor critical or his creditor disability insurance, which is a 60 day waiting period, right into a 30 day waiting period for roughly the same cost. So we shave the cost in half, or sorry, shave the waiting period in half. And the,
1: sorry, the benefit period. How long is it? Benefit period is two years for both, so it matches, right? So bottom line is, if you look at this situation, in this case, the client was paying would have paid for this kind of protection almost ninety five hundred dollars a year, and we're talking about saving them up to like roughly about three 000, four thousand dollars a year. Let's call it three. So a full like one third reduction in cost, plus better coverage, plus the optionality, plus the portability. So like I said, convenience comes at a price. And yeah, these are not small numbers, especially when we're talking about 10 year periods. This, this person would have saved $30,000 at least over the course of 10 years. I don't know about you, but I've yet to meet any individual who's willing to just donate that to an insurance company. So it is
2: it is something to keep an eye out for. So here's a thought, everybody's trying to figure out how to pay their mortgages off faster. Why don't you do it this way?
1: Yeah, very true. Get the protection you need, pay a better price and get better coverage and you know that 30 grand i mean we you know perfect example that was 30,000 in savings and we did that on a $750,000 debt that's a pretty sizable dent. So yeah. perfect. So thank you. For, thanks for taking us through this, Matt. So um, important message and anyone who's listening, you know, do not take your insurance. Do not take the easy route on insurance ever. It just doesn't work. doesn't work take out it, as well for your pocketbook. That's for sure. Take it, but replace it. Well, take and it, but replace it. Fair enough.
2: Yes, please, uh, please. Insurance is still insurance. Overpriced creditor insurance. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to beat it up. If it didn't exist, I wouldn't have something to replace. It still serves a purpose but replace it and do your own homework. You know, it's like sitting in the aisle at Safeway, grabbing for that chocolate bar that you know is going to cost $3, which you can walk across the street and buy at 7-Eleven for $1. fifty. Me, I'd rather not walk. Anyway, but that's, <laughs> that's just me. Anyway, Matt, where can people find you? You can check us out at www.mobile-advisors.ca. That is our mother brand. I'm kind of quiet about what we're doing with creditor insurance watchdogs. I don't create a big landing page to tell everyone what we're doing and what our strategy is. And mm-hmm. probably one of the best ways to get a hold of me is to find me on LinkedIn. I love the platform and I try to be as vocal as possible on there. So, yeah, excellent. Matt, thank you so much for your time and thanks for uh, sharing the message with us. Thanks, Jay. Thanks
1: for having me. So that was this week's episode of Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners. We got a bit in the weeds there on the forms of of insurance coverage, and there is a lot of nuance to this. But the bottom line message is this, if you take the simple default answer or the simple default offer that's there and do nothing to make sure you're getting the best price, you're probably getting hosed. And you're getting hosed without the degrees of freedom and the ability to make changes that you can get somewhere else. So always make sure to speak to a knowledgeable and qualified licensed insurance advisor about this sort of thing. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, take care.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals, business owners, and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, or find more episodes at JasonPereira.ca. You can even ask Surrey, Alexa, or Google Home to subscribe for you.